Mr. and Miss America and all the ships at sea, Ed Sheen for Colony Confidential. What's up, everybody? It's Joey Sauce, the boss. All is well on the home front. Ed Sheen has been running around like crazy since we're back from Pest World. What, what did you think about Pest World? Pest World, I liked it. I always like it for obvious reasons. Younger guys get to come, older guys can get to meet their friends and learn some new things. Everybody gets to learn some new things if they pay attention, and I think they do for the amount of money they spend. And one thing that I found interesting, anytime we go out on the West Coast for these yearly meetings, you get a lot of guys from India, Pakistan, Australia, yeah, um, I mean, Japan. Whole, yeah, from the East, really. Yeah. From, yeah, it was a lot of people from uh, Asia, period. And then on the East Coast, you get a lot of guys from Europe. And it's, it's great to see that the exterminating industry is doing well, that they can have that many people come. And I'm also glad that some local pest control events, a lot of people goes to those too. I think the pest control industry is in, in good shape. I'm very excited about this C2O for the rats. And CO2. Yeah, what did I say? See, you getting dyslexia in your old years. That's what happens. You really don't give a crap. <laughs> no, CO2. I just saw John Murphy yeah. at an event, and we were talking about um, what he's using. Now. Carbon monoxide, right? Yes, carbon monoxide. I don't want to get off topic. But uh, listen, Passworld was amazing. It was an amazing place. The show is always the show. The way we did it this year was slightly different than in the past as far as planning. I think it's the first Pest World in 18 years where I planned the trip around the place right. rather than... Normally, I just go and I'm like, wherever we are, it doesn't really matter right. to me to a certain extent. But this time, I really wanted to do sightseeing. So we really mauled the convention and spent more time than usual on usually okay i'll do an hour today i'll do an hour tomorrow this one was like hyper focused so that we could see everything yeah. and we did a fun thing that happened mr america forgot business cards so yeah. i gave him a handful of mine and i'm getting phone calls hey, i met your pest world remember the conversation we had and i'm like yeah did you meet a young man or an older man no, you're an older man. Yeah, that wasn't me. It's funny, somebody called me this week about it. I was like, listen, just email me whatever you're trying to sell, and I'll take a look at it. I've probably got about 15 phone calls since about I was moving around. You were moving in a shaker. The, the other thing, I'm, that, that woman I met at the, at the Country Music Academy Hall of Fame, she claims her son is the number two guy next to this guy that runs Northwell Health. So oh, I said, yeah, here, call here. Give me two numbers you can call. Okay. She said, well, don't worry. I'm okay. Blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. Well, that's good. Get me her number next time so I can harass her. I didn't get her number. That's fine. Whatever. They're friends of yours. Maybe and I know. We just, oh, you just met them. I just started talking to them. And then the next thing, what do you do? And Oh, what do you do with your pest control? So we do a lot of hospitals. Oh, nice one. Listen, the gift for Gab has never been short. You. So anyway, Pest World was good. We saw a lot of new products that came out. Saw my friends at NeoGen. They might have saw Casey walking the floor with the new bait gun. And it's a gel bait gun. But what I liked about it is two, two things. One, 
you can dial it in like a nozzle and you could say half a gram, quarter of a gram, and don't quote me on the exact measurements. But what I'm saying is you could decide how much of a placement and when you pull the trigger, it only puts that amount. If you if it's quarter gram, half gram, whatever, one-tenth of a gram, and there's no drip. Nice. Actually, I sent that to the team and they're in the process of testing those bait Sounds guns. Pretty now. good. But again, like with everything aside from the shenanigans that take place and the shits and giggles, we did learn some stuff. And I almost always take something away from these conventions, whether it be through the networking piece. This one this year happened to be some equipment. Happy about that. But the holidays are here. You know what? Let no. me wait. The sad thing about the convention. There's a lot of guys are dead. A lot of guys can't make it. And I miss my friend Paulie Carbino. I heard he's in rough shape. If you're listening to me. <laughs> you don't he, need to pull the microphone closer to you. We just tested it. Oh, times. okay. I just wanted Paulie to hear me. He's got he's to he's learn how to get on a podcast. We have similar hairdos. Mm. And we like to drink once in a while. So when I spoke to Murphy about it, I asked if he had seen him. And he had. And he took him out to lunch with another gentleman. And they had a nice lunch, and but like you said, his health isn't the best, but they still went and were able to take him out, so that was really good to hear. Mm. Also, I saw pictures of Nicky Elbows, Nicky Lemons, or Nicky Yeah, Brown. we got to get his phone number. Are you oh. sure he's not in witness protection? I'll call Murphy and get it for you. M- Murphy spoke with him. Got to be but, close to 90. I don't know how, Nick, how old Nicky is. But yeah, listen, unfortunately, this is, we get older and these things happen, so enjoy life now. Yeah, no kidding. Don't wait till the end. Some of our friends that we've seen in the industry that stayed in too long, and this is a lesson for everybody. I've seen successful businessmen stay late into their 60s and early 70s only to get out and live two years, Yeah, like with their, with their sanity or really just live and it, it's just sad so and when to hold them and when to fold them. have a plan you got to have a succession plan have yeah. a goal of when to get out have a dollar amount right. understand what we, we were just talking about this the other day what is your lifestyle now what is your lifestyle going to be what do you want to do is it cost you 10 grand a month to live or 20 grand a month do you want to go on vacation and squirrel that friggin' money away and understand what it's going to cost you to live in retirement and plan on living. I plan on living for 20, 30 years when you retire and, and make sure you have that. But you start to think about it, 10 grand a month is, is 120. So to live 10 years, you need 1.2. To live 20 years, you need 2.4. Calculate inflation into that, call it 3 million. You, you say it that way, but there's a lot of things involved. If you make some good investments on dividends and stuff, your money is, yes. it's not just laying there, it's generating money. A hundred percent. And you're pulling out. But I'm just saying, but this is, I'm, I'm doing, there's far more sophisticated way to do it. But this is really just a word. That's a, yeah, very basic. Yeah. Ed Sheehan said it best to me many years ago, live beneath your means, right? I went to some self-help thing, like some guy that was a business coach or whatever. And we happened to go to a weekend seminar that he was going, somebody invited us. And one of the things that he said, and it honestly made me want to stop listening to the guy because everything he said I'd heard before. But what he said, he's, you have enough money to fly private? That's great. Always fly first class. You don't need to fly private. You have enough money to buy a jet? Okay, now you fly private. 
and you, get, you have enough money to buy two jets, maybe you could buy a jet. But the, 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 the main problem that a lot of people face now is trying to keep up with the Joneses and living above their means. Yeah, look what I got. Look what I got. I, I, I can mention a couple of names like that in my time. And yeah, they were living good, but then all the loans came due. Not only that, but if you really think about it, if you make a million dollars a year and you spend a million dollars and 10 cents, you're screwed. What if something comes up? It's one of those things. And I'm not saying to just leave all your money in your business either. I'm still a big proponent of taking your money out. There's so many ways to do it. Take your money out of your business. Take your profit out because you are already paying taxes on it. And then if the company needs money, you talk to your CPA and your attorneys and you figure out how to get that money back into the business. Maybe you loan your business the money. I was just going to say. At whatever the at whatever prevailing rate is. And to be honest, you could probably go a couple of points higher than the prevailing rate because it's a private loan versus a bank loan. Private loans, you many people probably heard about hard money. That's almost like a hard money loan. Remember that we are not investors and we are not financial analysts or anything of that nature. We're just speaking about things that we... I've thought about and talked about always hire a professional, whether it be a financial professional or certainly a CPA. Well, some of the best advice I got was from your grandmother. That's a scary statement. Yeah, yeah. a fool and his money soon part. Well, yeah, I remember that one. Pennywise, <laughs> pound foolish also. But before we go into the holidays, I can't believe that we. I saw Santa Claus. What happened to the year? I saw Santa Claus in the mall today taking pictures already. I went to that show last night. Down in down in Nashville. <laughs> hey, welcome! You all know this starts the season of Christmas. It's seven weeks of Christmas here. Yeah. <laughs> like crazy! It's a oh, lot of shit. And then you know, even today, we're getting off through the JetBlue terminal here. They got blue Christmas trees, all different shades of blue and stuff. I'm like, maybe it's a Homage to Elvis with his blue no, Christmas. Jet blue, jet. Blue. Oh, see, you're so smart. I am the smart one now. I went to Andy Seminar, bug off the the pest. I heard called. there was a massive turnout. I listen, Andy. Always, I, there were close to four hundred people there easily. Good. He gets good speakers. He does it. Listen, he does it right. Any that's struggling to put on good seminars and you know who you are and we know you're listening. You could take a page out of Andy's book. You could learn a thing or two from him. He, You know how he started off the event? Besides welcoming everybody. How? 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 Giving several thousand dollars of products away to, for free mm-hmm. and to the people who signed up first. Oh, cool. Okay. He just, he knows what he's doing. He's a showman. He's a businessman. He's a salesman. He had the rats all there. The New York City rats are. He donated. So I heard you had your picture taken with him and you went out to dinner with him. But the dinner part is not true. You see how Ed, Ed, Ed goes to another That's level? what I heard. No, but I did meet her. I had a very good conversation with her. I brought up the trash. And so for anybody that doesn't know, one of the first things that happened when she came into the position is that you have to mandatory put your garbage out two hours later. And it created a huge issue in the city for a multitude of reasons. And the biggest reason, and, and I shared all this with her and, and she said she knew, but I told her all of our customers laugh and thinks you and the city don't know what you're doing because 
you change in two hours, like you don't know rodent behavior. What are they going to do? They're going to, oh, no, our food isn't here. And after a few days, they're going to say, ah, all right, we'll come out two hours later. And she shook her head and she nodded. But the biggest issue with that was th- that law single-handedly created a major issue in the unions because... You pay guys all the time. You remember, there's the day shift. So the day shift has the most people and you get less people from, let's say you got a six to two and eight to four, they were able to put the garbage out of force. But it has to go in a rat-proof bin. No, not in the city. It's all, you've been in Manhattan. It's all lined up garbage. I know, but I thought that they were getting these big Yeah, but they're not there yet. They want to do communal garbage bins where you bring them and put them. And then the big beef now is that they want to take parking spots away to do that. But my point that I was making is that they had to literally change shifts and have conversation with the unions. And it was a big deal because you went from having, let's just say, 12 people to put out garbage to four. And now you couldn't focus on the other things that needed to go on. That shift would normally take care of in Mm -hmm. the building, whether it's mechanical or engineering-wise. Just real quick, her name is Kathleen Karate, the rats are. So going back, I go into somebody's house, apartment. They all say, what is two hours going to do to the rats? Nothing. And... The conversation went to what the city is trying to do is to get us, right? Because we're really the cause of a lot of these problems as human beings. We are. Not us as pest control people. Human beings. Right? If you just look at the streets in New York City, the garbage that's left out on the street, that people are very carefree with their trash. So part of the thought process was to have us as the people creating this garbage to think about it more. And my, my only response to her was, listen, that sounds great, but nobody knows. There was no, there's no press release on the why. This is really what we're doing. I was like, and, and listen, maybe that's above my pay level or my level of thinking. I said, but if you would have told the humans when they start to complain about this and say that this makes no sense and that most people in the pest management profession agree that this two hours difference is not going to make that much of a difference. The rodents are going to adapt. You have pest management professionals going around the city agreeing with the public, right? And we are stronger than the city when it comes to this. The pest management professionals and all our thought is stronger. There were some other people involved in the conversation, but I offered whatever we could do to help with messaging. I said, I don't think you guys are tapping us the way you should. There's a, a state association. There's a lot of us that are very active in the community in the five boroughs, and we're a good resource for you. We're in this every day. And she agreed. We'll see what happens, but it was you know, good to talk to her and to get more of an understanding of what I think the, the one time we made a, an impression was many years ago, we took over this account where there had been problems, and they brought I us in. about what we had to do the town hall meeting. We had to meet with elected officials. Yes. And they were all, it's all, it's all the person that is constructing this problem. And we exterminated this and that. And we went around and took pictures and we put on a podcast for them. And all of a sudden, their faces dropped. Excuse me for one second. We did not put on a podcast for them. We had a meeting. Did we go to a meeting? You're saying things that nobody's going right. to understand. Point, point. It was a meeting, and we put on a PowerPoint presentation. I just got back from a trip from I Europe, understand. Scandinavia, I and the subcontinent. Also known as Nashville, Tennessee. 
I know the time difference of one hour is a big deal. But the only reason I'm correcting you is because everything technological to you now is a podcast. If you put a video on face, Facebook, it's All a podcast, right. right? Uh, did, we, did we make our point? Did I mean, we pissed a lot of people off. So the whole project was probably four city blocks, right? We looked at the neighborhood, and we were able to show where everything was coming from and why they were rodents and where everybody was blaming the they hadn't been there in years because it was a construction site. And, and as far as when I said I hadn't been there in years, there were pockets. But the main problems, at, and, co- and this is why we pissed people off, were in city-owned properties. <laughs> <laughs> Not only city-owned properties, but also homes owned, which is very funny. Homes owned by elected officials. Did you see that Mayor Adams got a fine the other day for okay. having rats in beds? That's the fourth one. Mm-hmm. But he beat... And when I say beat, no offense, because a lot of times those fines are nonsense. You get a fine for a rat burrow, but you have a pest program in place. It's just, it is what it is. It's ticket writing. He did get rid of that the other day. But going back to what I was saying, we did piss a lot of people off because in our PowerPoint presentation, the only places that we knew that were city-owned were the true public spaces like parks and other civil servant buildings. But then the, the one house, it'll tell a story. With the water? Yeah. Yes. Going around there for a couple of weeks, this one house, and it was water gushing out of a pipe there every day. And this guy was making comments during the, the presentation, and... He was very vocal. Yeah. And, and very vocal against everything that we were saying. Yes. He wasn't and then we were, realized why he shut up. Yeah. Until... And afterwards, we were outside, and he goes, did you have to show my house? I go, what are you talking about? Through the water, I go, that was your house? I says, yeah, we did. We did. I said, maybe you should fix it. It's been like that for months. Yeah, we looked the next day. It was off. Yeah, he so, finally yeah. fixed it. But it, So the, the, the thing about pissing people off, it was fun. It was fun. But you got to do your homework and you got to come up with a solid plan. Yes, and, and it, that particular client was a true partner and they bought into the program big time they bought into the program money was no object there was never an argument about what things were going to cost the the conversations were you're going to get the job done right that was it yeah literally the first day on the job i was like all right i'll get a proposal they were like get the job done we'll deal with that later they paid everything on time on top of all of that where we did this and showed how the neighborhood was messed up this particular or company gave every home within a radius of the project rodent-proof garbage pails. Yeah. Every single home. And if it was a two-family home, they gave two. Didn't and somebody ask for air conditioners? No, that was another. What ended up happening was, this is the balls on elected officials. And elected officials asked if the developer would pay for civil service buildings, garbage bins. It was one of, I laughed out loud in the meeting because I just couldn't believe as a taxpayer, how are you asking? To me, that sounds like a bribe also, but it was great because somebody in the C-suite of that company stood up immediately and say something to the effect of while we are committed to this community, we will absolutely not be buying anything for any government agency or building when it comes to this project, especially, and this was like the knife twisting, especially when if you look at that presentation, 
they are the biggest contributors to this problem. Yeah. But not, it was phenomenal. But anyway, it's a partnership. It's, it's putting a program together. So yeah, so it was, it's, very, it's been a very busy few weeks. And now the holidays are here. Oh, I should have brought you a turkey voucher. You got the other thing? Yes. <laughs> yes, don't forget. I got to get the other thing. Yeah. The, not the first thing, but the second thing. the second thing. But yeah, so at Colony Pest, we, we're giving out turkeys for the holidays to the team. And it's funny. Oh, man. We live in such a litigious society. We're going to give out turkeys, right? I was just going to go buy turkeys and hand them out. And then a very good friend of ours in the insurance business said, maybe maybe that's not such a good idea. And I said, what are you talking about? Morale, the guys, it's a turkey, what's a big deal? He said, if you give a guy the turkey. Or a woman. Sorry, if you give the team member, thank you. If you give the team member a turkey. Now it's from Colony Pest Management. And that was last year. And of course, it was relatively like a week or two before. So I said, all right, forget it when I'm doing it. But what he said to me was, he said, now, if you partner with the grocery store and the grocery store, they go in and they get it from a grocery store, God forbid anybody at their home gets salmonella or something from the turkey, the grocery store already has the proper insurance in place and there's no issue. But if you gave it to them, there's a potential for an issue. So we came up with the vouchers and we partnered locally in our community where the business is. The grocery store that is basically on the same block as our office, we partnered with them. We told them a certain um, size turkey. I think it's like 14 to 16 pounds. That was their recommendation to us, get a 14 to 16 pound turkey. We created these vouchers, and every team member gets a voucher. Wow. We even got one for Mr. America. Wow. I'm forever grateful, too. Yeah. Other than that, what, what do you got planned for the holidays? Come on, Not bro, sure, with all this noise here. Oh, sorry. I don't know about Thanksgiving. And then it'll be Christmas before you know it. Colony's annual strategic initiative this year is... We used to do a one-day strategic initiative, and it was very business-like, and it, it, was, it was truly exhausting. Everybody would present for their particular department. We would sit, we would kick everything around, and we would come up with the initiatives for the following year. And it was a long, rough day. Two years ago, we decided we wanted to figure out a way to do a retreat for the team, for the leadership team, and we're finally doing it this year. Right before COVID hit, we started doing this with other business owners in, in pest management. When we would go to certain events, we would get Airbnbs, and we would do our own networking. We would go somewhere like April, May for our show. All right, well, you bring your taxes. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about what we did with our taxes, and we would have our own business networking we would do it in the Airbnb, and it would save us as business owners like a hundred bucks a night. But then, when you factor in everyday breakfast in a hotel, even in a cheap hotel, if it's a sit-down breakfast, you're gonna drop twenty-five bucks minimum, right? But even for this event, we're gonna do breakfast and lunch probably in the home every day. And imagine if we did breakfast and lunch for have the leadership team, but eight or nine people. Imagine if we did that. Every day in the hotel, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We already know you eat dinner out on these business trips most of the time. We're going to be there for four days. 800 a day times four is $3,200. So am I saving that money? Yes and no. We're going to do team building events. 
We're going to do a fishing trip. The point is you do all this for the team. It's not just work. It's play. We're all in the same place. Everybody can go to their own room. There's a game room. There's going to be a pool. It's like an 8,000 square foot home. So you don't have to be on top of each other the whole time. But the idea is to go and get the work done and relax a little bit and enjoy, but also have the camaraderie of the team. And this year, because we're doing it so many days, we're going to do the traditional presentation and everything like that one day from every team. And then another day, we're bringing in our new performance coach. She is coming in and she's dealing with more of a mental aspect of high functioning. And we talk about this all the time. Her job is to come in and help us to be better managers, all of us, for me to be a better CEO, a director of operations, be better at his position. And you've heard me speak about this for probably the entire five years of the podcast, emotional intelligence. Once the whole team starts to get in this groove of understanding and being emotionally intelligent, we'll just be more cohesive and better. You ready for that trip? To be emotional. She's very excited about going. I know this woman for 30 years. Her background is extensive. Yeah. In dealing with dealing people, really, in all types of situations. But we're excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, we forgot about the holiday dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So holiday dinner is in like three weeks. I know. The holiday dinner is good. Everybody's excited about it. We're going back down by the World Trade. Gonna go steaks, steaks. Yeah. It's always good. Everybody likes that one. But right now, everybody likes a private room. Giving away a lot of nice things. We will be giving away, aside from the gift cards and everything like that, we always give a day off here or there. We're going to give away a TV, a ring doorbell, some Google Nest stuff, some AirPods, and there may be some other surprises there. But it's all, listen, we talk about this all the time, taking care of the team, making them happy, whether it's the holidays or not. One of the initiatives of the company was to do a minimum of four events per year. And I'm happy to say at the end of this year, once we complete the holiday dinner, it would have been six in 2023. So, okay. But everything is good. We wish everybody uh, a happy and healthy holiday season. Enjoy the turkey. Let's not rush to Christmas. Yeah. You'll hear from us before then. All right, good. Mr. and Mrs. American, all the ships at sea. I'm going to be staying home for a while. But until we meet again, God bless you.